When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, I'm going to break the awkward silence, Dave. Your board is not working. Dave? Yes, sir. I'm breaking the awkward silence. The board is not working. The board is not working. That's no good. Caleb Calhoun, how are you, sir? Pretty good. How are you doing, Dave? <laughs> well, better if the board would be working. All right, let's get up and running. We've got a big show on tap today. We're excited about that, so let's go ahead and uh, get it rolling. Who needs a board? I certainly don't. As we've got Gerald Mincy complaining about uh, Tennessee's fans not having the best social media reaction about transferring to Kentucky. Also, I just want to ask you in general, is it okay to rip players on social media? That'll be today's tough question. Dane Davis is back. That's a key pickup. And it looks like Alabama has things figured out. They're just going to build a Washington South. That appears to be the case. Also, we will get to uh, a little bit of Ryan Day. How would he do in the SEC? Where would he rank among coaches in the SEC? Because it looks like they're pulling some responsibilities away from Ryan Day, and that is uh, not good for him. That's usually the first sign of uh, moving on. Gerard Mayo, I want to get into this, whether or not the comments he said uh, were racist uh, because he says he does see color, but he doesn't see color, but he does see color. It was a shame that that got as much play as it did, in my opinion, for a fine young man that is now the head coach of one of the best, um, one of the best franchises in all of sports, uh, certainly over the past 20 years. But uh, let's, uh, let's go ahead and get into it. Also a Texas coach complains. He's going to have to get used to this or it's not going to work out for him. Caleb Calhoun, how are you, sir? I am good. Happy Friday, Dave. Um, the whole country is covered in snow. <laughs> yes, it has been quite snowy, and I hope you've been safe. Uh, you see, I have the sweater on, so I'm trying to look uh, quite dapper. Your thoughts on that? By pulling it I think off? your sweater looks... You know, honestly, Cam Newton would be proud. That's the type of sweater Cam Newton would wear. Really? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I'll take so. that. Uh uh, how about how about now on on the board? Let's let's see how that's working. There we Did go. It works. Oh, Got it. The thank board goodness. My apologies. Edit all that out as um our power has gone out with this storm. 
five different times this week, Caleb. So my apologies. And every time, every time it goes out, everything resets. So we sit down to do the show. Well, and you I know, Dave, without your board, people get bored on the show. Don't don't try to be me because I'm corny and you don't want to be that guy, Caleb. You trust me, it's a cross to bear when you're as corny as me because Peyton Manning says like, that is total bullshit. Peyton. Come on, you and I graduated like in the same class. Why would you why would you say that? We're we're buddies. I think we were at a party together once. Hit the like and subscribe button, kids. Thanks for those that are already on board. You know that we absolutely love you. And oh my god, Derek. I think Derek and Caleb are just gonna go at it uh in a parking lot at some point. He's already calling Caleb uh conservative with the cam response. So um Maybe you guys could battle it out. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the winner gets a uh, Celebrate 98, the Untold Stories behind the Tennessee Vols 1998 National Championship. You can order that right down there, and we've discounted those. So go ahead and grab them. Uh, I think you would absolutely love them. Well, uh, I can address this now for people asking because Papa Jay has said it. Caleb, you aren't a dad yet. You can't make those jokes. Papa Jay, I am expecting to be a dad in June. So Wait! I wanted to do like a big announcement. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I ruin the announcement? Oh, yes, I'm so sorry. You did. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I didn't know you, you yes. should have told me this. I well, I didn't think you just spit it out. Okay, so let's take a second. Um, those on the board, we consider you our our friends. Um, we consider you part of our community, and our community is gonna grow by one in June. Congratulations, uh, Caleb Calhoun. I could not be happier for you, um, especially thinking about snow days like this when my kids were little. Um, you know, they don't go out and play in the snow when they're 21 and 18 anymore. Uh, so congratulations, my man. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you, Dave. Thank you. It's uh, overwhelming but exciting to think about. Um, and I didn't get to find out covering Tennessee upsetting Florida in the swamp in 2001 like you did. But um, oh, that was the worst. You know. Yeah. For those that hadn't heard, they sent me down to cover Florida, which was stupid. And I get a phone call on Monday night where my wife's like, I need to tell you something. And I'm like, oh, what? She goes, I'm afraid to tell you. Oh, then you're pregnant. I mean, because <laughs> she, that was the worst week ever. But I am so happy for you. And um, yeah, it's just it's incredible. So uh, now we, we're not we're not sh sharing the name yet. So at some point, we might have uh, suggestions for the name. Not that it would change, but Davis has a nice ring to it. Davis is not happening. Sorry. I can I can already <laughs> nix that for you, Dave. That's not happening. That is absolutely not happening. But Davis is a cool name, don't you think? No? Let's get, let's get started. <laughs> oh, man. That hurts. All right. Uh, That's hot. Okay. Let's go ahead and get it rolling now. It is today's tough question. It is on the uh, YouTube page right now. You can vote there. Today's tough question is now, and it's brought to you by Andy Mason. Uh, <laughs> Smoky Mountain Red said you should call uh, your son Bray. Uh, there you go. Uh, no. <laughs> I think Tyler Bray already hates me. There's a few former Vols that hate me, and Tyler Bree might be on that list. Uh, yes. Uh, hit like and subscribe. Why? Because you're an objective member of the media. He should hate you because he didn't do what he was supposed to do. If he didn't like you, then I probably wouldn't like you as much. All right. Today's tough question. 
because I love the objectivity and uh, uh, the the ability to be fairly critical. Hit like and subscribe because today I just don't want him throwing beer bottles at me because then he'll hit. But you know, it's the only time he's well, accurate it's... when it matters. Uh, yeah, but I take you on a wave runner. Here we go. Today's tough question brought to you by Andy Mason of AndyMasonRealEstate.com. Today's tough question. Take a side. Take a stand. The Dave Hooker Show, a presentation of OffTheHookSports.com. Can we discuss this before? And it's on our YouTube page. We'd like to get your thoughts. Is it okay to criticize athletes on social media in this NIL era? And I asked that question for this reason. What did Gerald Mincy have to say about Tennessee fans uh, after he went to Kentucky, which would be what his third school, right? Third, third school in four years. Okay. What did he have to say? So Gerald Mincy tweeted out yesterday, quote, really gave my all to Tennessee Reading all these negative comments hurts, man. Not going to lie. Played this past season with a torn MCL and was able to help my team win a bowl game with a big smile on my face because I did love being a volunteer. But S word, business is business. And then he retweeted November 2nd, which is when Tennessee plays Kentucky. So he's marked the date for when he goes to play Tennessee again. I was probably going to get the hell beat out of him then, but that's okay. All right. So I'm, I'm going to, if you can check the YouTube board, where are we now? And you can read off today's tough question. It's brought to you by Andy Mason of Andy Mason real estate.com over 40 years of experience in real estate in Knoxville, best prices, best service in the biz. How simple is that? And I mean it when we say something about our sponsors, we mean it uh, support our sponsors. That's why we're here. All righty. So where are we now on the uh, today's tough question? Read me the question and give me where we stand percentage-wise on fans that have voted already. Uh, 77%. Okay, the question is, formal vol- uh, is it okay to rip players in the NIL era? And 77% say, yep, you're getting paid. 21%. I'm sorry, that's now 79%. Say, yep, you're getting paid. 21% say, nope, still kids. So that's where we're at. All right. Let me start with you because I have some strong feelings on this. Um, give me your thoughts on criticizing players before they're getting paid as opposed to after they're getting paid. What's the Calhoun approach? The Calhoun approach is a case-by-case basis. I'm not going to be as hard on a walk-on thrust into a starting role because there's no depth there and that and who struggles. I will point out he's struggling, but I'm not going to go at him the way, for instance, Stephen A. Smith used to go at Kwame Brown for being a scrub in the NBA. I, I would never, I'm not, I'm not going to call him names, put it that way. Okay. Um, I'm not going to make fun of his play. I'm not going to go Bush league. I will tell you guys openly when I got first got into this business as a sports blogger, I was a lot cockier, a lot more of a hothead. And I went at, athletes because i'm like they're athletes and i can do this but they were college athletes and it was before nil and i went at some walk-ons and i i I wish i hadn't done that i'm just i I do I, i really do wish i hadn't done that however i i'm totally fine with being what i used to be towards scholarship athletes who are starters at this point 
because they're almost always getting paid. And they're almost always getting paid, as you know, Dave, probably about six figures, right? So at this point, I don't feel bad for going at people like Gerald Mincy. I went at Dante Thornton this past year. I went at Andre Carrick, who we know took money to come from Texas to Tennessee. You guys are getting paid. I get to rip you if you're not delivering. It's just that simple. That comes with the territory at this point. That's the nature of NIL. And Gerald Mincy, that's that's fair. He said he was playing with a torn MCL. I didn't know that. And I don't know if you, you probably didn't know that either, Dave, right? He kept that under wraps. Oh, well, and, I mean, big guys, there's probably eight guys that are playing with a torn MCL midway through the season. I mean, yeah, a, torn, a partially torn up. MCL. I mean, that's that's not unusual. I thought that was right. kind of I thought that was kind of crybaby ish a little bit. But. And this is a problem. And I'm just going to say this with Gerald Mincy. I think one of the things that holds you back, Gerald Mincy is you have been sensitive in the past. You came at me when I was at my other place because I talked about your penalty issues and you tried to correct me on something. We're just guys talking football. If you're letting us get, if you're letting us get to you, then you got way deeper issues as a football player than anything we could say about you. Because as a football player, you probably, I, I can tell you right now, most of the elite players on the team don't care what we say about them. They don't. They, they genuinely don't. And I, I think that if you are caring that much about it, you have other deep, you have other issues that, 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 that are going to cost you on the field because then you're thin skinned and you can't afford to be thin skinned in the SEC. It. Okay. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to disagree with you um, pretty significantly here. Um, and if you would have asked me in the NIL era when it started, I would have been like, and I think most of the media covering college football was like, oh, they're getting paid now. I can rip them. Um, no, I don't think so. Um, my thinking on that is way different now that we're in the era because I see so many kids getting taken advantage of because they don't have the backing of an agent or even necessarily a strong family behind them, a mentor, a coach. I've just seen too many instances of where Jaden Rashada shows up at Florida and then drops all the way to Arizona State because Florida didn't have the cash on hand. We don't know what happened exactly with the Tyler Barron situation, but something went awry because he didn't have a home at Ole Miss that he thought he had. I'm going to say no. I'm going to say it's it's not time to rip them. Now, I, I I think it certainly looks better as well. And I believe you would agree with this. Pragmatically, if you say, thanks, Gerald, for all you did, good luck. It's harder to do when it's in the SEC, right? But you say that, you look better as a fan base, and it helps you in recruiting down the line. Caleb, I'm not expecting every single fan to do that, but I've actually surprised myself. I, I, don't, I don't think you should rip kids, and I'm going to defend kids on this because I just don't believe that they have oftentimes. And when I say oftentimes I'm talking 70, 80% of the support system to be able to handle these new financial arrangements that are much more complicated in picking a school than they were pre NIL. So I'm going to back Mincy on this. I'm going to say, so the question is today's tough question. You can vote on YouTube. Former ball Gerald Mincy had his feelings hurt for transferring. Is it okay to rip players in the NIL era? Uh, yep, you're getting paid. 81%. Nope, still kids. I'm in the nope, still kids. And I'm sorry, guys, I'm right. I mean, I don't. Are you addressing? Wait, here's the question. 
okay, maybe we're speaking past each other. So I want to see if we can come to a, an agree, if we can be on the same page before I say I disagree with you. Okay. Are you talking about ripping Mincy for leaving and transferring to Kentucky or ripping Mincy for his play on the field for Tennessee? Do you not think ripping his play is fair game? Uh, no, I, I would say, I would say both. I wouldn't rip him for either. Uh, now I would rip him for ripping for his play. Well, okay. Let me, let me finish. Criticizing and ripping is different, right? You and I criticize fairly. Okay. When you get on Twitter and you're this keyboard commando and there is, uh, no name attached. You're just Bob Lyle whatever 70923 um i think that's pretty weak to be really on, real honest with you and I, I think it makes you look bad as a fan base so i don't think it's okay to rip players in the nil era for play or for uh transferring i realize it hurts but it is a business if you want to be critical that's fine i understand that but when you get into the era of calling area of calling names and that sort of thing and you get nasty which you know it can get that way that to me is where you cross the line your thoughts on that hit like and subscribe please real quick do that for me if you enjoy the show weekdays at 10 a.m cooper mays the ball report is up now so turn the notifications on and also jake jacob warren will drop on saturday and i know that caleb uh, has a breakdown of Kalen DeBoer, no relation to Caleb, because they almost have the first name. Um, so the, he'll have that up this weekend too. So we've got a lot going on. So please turn the notifications on. All right, you you can call me softy now, Caleb, because I think that's well. I think okay. In terms of, I still to this day don't directly rip players for their play on the field if I think they are showing effort to a certain degree. Um, when. I, I criticized Ollie Lane's play this year. I'm like, look, Ollie Lane was not good at left guard. I he you never called. He knew you never that. Heard, yeah, you never heard me call Ollie Lane a disgrace, though, or anything like that. But you did hear me say when there was a jump ball that Dante Thornton didn't go up for against Florida. Yeah, I'm backing myself calling him a disgrace for that. He was good enough to go get that ball. He chose not to leap up for that ball, and he transferred to Tennessee for NIL. Was that not fair to call it disgraceful right there that he didn't go leap for that ball, Dave? And make sure. I, I, I think there are times for effort where I'm with you. Okay. And this came up a lot in the Jerry Green days because they would have games that they would just show up and they were way more talented and they'd leave teams in it or they would lose. I mean, Southwest Missouri State. Um, yeah. There, there are several instances where you don't see a team's effort. Now, that to me can be difficult because if you don't know what you're supposed to do, it looks like poor effort in football. Okay. It, it does. I mean, if, if you're unsure as an offensive guard, if you're supposed to step left or step right, it can look like effort. So I'm careful with football, the one sport in particular, but yes, if you want to look Sampson. Okay. If you want to, well, I don't, I don't not know. Blo- that that's not blocking. Okay. I would have to ask around and see if that's an effort thing or that's a he's not grasping the offense thing. I can't tell you. It can't you be that hard to pick up pass blocking. You cannot convince me that pass blocking is hard for a running back to pick up. That's a willingness issue. I've never heard of a running back. I've heard them. I've never heard of a running back take that long to pick up pass blocking ever in my in the history of covering football. I think Dylan Sampson is protecting himself for the pros. I do. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm not willing to go there, but I appreciate the fact that uh, – 
uh, you are, and I can I can understand that, and it's way different than it would have been uh, ten years ago. Okay, I would have defended Dylan Sampson to the hilt, but yeah, Dylan Sampson's probably making more money than you, me, and any one of our posters that are uh, online right now. Okay, but here's another one, Dave. What about the 1999 season? You were covering the team during that time. Remember how by the end of the year, fans had totally turned on Jamal Lewis, but they loved Travis Henry? Well, they were right. They were absolutely right to turn on Jamal and love Travis Henry because I don't care when it was, Travis Henry ran hard. Whenever you think about him in his personal life, Travis Henry was the hardest runner Tennessee ever had, wasn't he? He gave 110% effort every time he touched the ball. And nope. Jamal Lewis, let's call it what it is, was protecting himself in 99. He shouldn't have even played on the team that year. Should have just waited for the NFL draft. No, I, I don't have an argument with that. And it was apparent. Was it the Kentucky game where he had to go in because Travis Henry got hurt and Stevens wasn't available for some reason? It was it was Stevens retro. It was Vanderbilt. It was after Henry had that freak injury against Vanderbilt. That's right. And it looked like seriously that um, it looked like Jamal Lewis had accidentally put on his uniform that he wasn't expecting to play a football game that day. Did it not? Yeah, exactly. Um, so if you want to rip that, I'm okay with that. But if you want to rip transferring, I can't tell you what to do on social media, not you or anybody else. But I, I think it's a better look for the fan base. You guys can't argue with me pragmatically. And you can't either, Caleb. It's better. It's a better look if you don't rip guys that are leaving or that don't play well, right? I don't believe in ripping guys that are leaving. I will say that because they are making okay. decisions about their future. And I, I stick with that. I say we wish them all the best. The only time I believe in ripping them if they're leaving is if they so blatantly do, like if they pull a Tyler Barron. And I'm not ripping Tyler Barron's character. I'm ripping Tyler Barron's, honestly, lack of forward thinking with what he's doing. I'm ripping his short-sightedness because that's I fair. just don't think what he's doing is smart. Quite no, honestly. that's fair. No, that's very fair. Uh, Dane Davis, back. A deal, big deal, huge deal. A deal. And this is, this is, I wanted to keep it on this segment because we're talking about ripping players and Dane Davis is not somebody I would rip. He's a great, he's a vol for life. Great story. Worked his way in, in onto, into, on the scholarship, I believe as a walk on, but he's, he's not a starter in the sec. Um, he's he's prob- not. His problem is he's too tall and he can't get leverage at guard and he doesn't have feet that move well enough to play tackle. Um, that's his, that's his problem. And, that's something that God made him. So there's not a lot he can do about that. All right. So uh, Tennessee looks to get better on the offensive line. The ball's hosting several prospects this weekend as a great coverage for the first junior day by Caleb Giroux. That is on offthehooksports.com right now. Also, could Tennessee be in the running for one of those Alabama players that's uh, jumping ship as fast as they possibly can as the Crimson Tide big red vessel tends to go down in flames as what it's doing right now. So let's take a look at the visitors. And then I did a little bit of research on these guys uh, as well as uh, Caleb Giroux so we can give you some uh, insight. Let's start with four-star wide receiver Marcus Harris. Today's t- And that's the wrong element. Four-star Wide receiver, uh, Marcus Harris. Hey, now. All right. He's out of California, expected to be in Knoxville this weekend. Is this the effect 
I think it is. I think Tennessee becomes a presence in California again. I think the Vols have a shot at Marcus Harris uh, because of landing a guy like Nico. And you'll see more guys uh, continue to uh, come from the West Coast. You'll see more players uh, be open to making that big move. I think this one's a, a pretty significant one before we get to the quarterback that everybody's looking for. Um, Harris and California would be a monster pickup. Yes, and actually, it's not the Nico effect that will get him, although it'll help. It's the Brew effect that's going to get mm. him to that could get him to Knoxville. Marcus Harris comes from Modern Day High School, which is where Brew came out of. Dave, you probably know Modern Day High School. That is one of the best high schools for football talent in the country. I mean, mm. that is a factory for football talent. And this was big for Josh Heupel to get Brew McCoy to transfer when he came from comes from Modern Day. Nico throwing to Brew McCoy this year. That's going to get that is that would be the selling point for Marcus Harris. Now he's five eleven and a half. I don't know if he's going to he's going to grow into a wideout if he'll or if he'll stay a slot guy. But yeah, these are the type of players that you want for Tennessee. Now we're talking about uh, uh, all twenty twenty five guys um, on on this list. By the way, he's the number ten wide receiver in the class, the number nine prospect from California. He has visits slated for Miami and Alabama to round out his winter. Texas, Penn State, and Colorado are other contenders for Harris. And then George McIntyre. Talk to a source in the mid-state area. He is a quarterback, uh, six foot five and a half, 182-pound quarterback, expected to be in Knoxville this weekend, Brentwood Academy. I think, I think, I think, I think that he's going to be a ball sooner than later based off those that I've talked to. Yeah, I would be really, really shocked if he was not a Vol at this point. Um, it was down to Tennessee and Alabama, and obviously we know what's happened at Alabama. One of the things that really stands out to me is I know Tennessee was entertaining Nico Iamaliava's brother, Madden Iamaliava, mm -hmm. but it sounds like Madden is looking elsewhere, and a lot of the reason people think that is because it seems like George McIntyre is a lock for Tennessee. So I don't think Tennessee is going to get Nico's younger brother, and I don't think they want Nico's younger brother. They want they want George McIntyre. Well, I mean, let's be honest, too. I mean, it's I mean, you've got uh, uh, Tua Tagovailoa's younger brother that's played Talia. in college. It's, it's, I'm sorry, Talia. Yeah, his name's Talia. Yeah, I, you don't, you don't have. Um, it's not a guarantee that you're going to be the Kelsey brothers and both are going to be elite players, right? No, not at all. Not at all. Um, and the poor Kelsey brothers. You bring that up. Only one of them's attractive enough to date Taylor Swift. So. Now. <laughs> Let me give you a little bit of insight. Now, while we think McIntyre's just a slam dunk, look for this guy to be a factor. His name's Jared Curtis. He's Nashville Christian School. He's in the 2026 class. And right now, he is the number one ranked prospect in, in the nation. Committed to Georgia at this point. We'll see how things work out. It's going to be a tough pool. I think it's Nico, then McIntyre, then somebody else. But just watch Jared Curtis. I mean, I think it's well worth watching. He's in the Nashville area. If Tennessee suddenly an 11-win regular season team, college football playoff, somewhere close to Georgia, I was just told to keep an eye on him. And then that could, that could affect the McIntyre thing. Again, you can take a quarterback in every class, 
but you probably can't have depth because they're going to transfer out if they can't play. So visitors this weekend, four-star athlete Cameron Sparks, your interest. He is expected to be on campus out of Baylor School in Chattanooga. Number 40 prospect overall, number one athlete in the class. Uh, this is um, kind of sounds like Boo Carter part two. He was a four-star athlete prospect as well. Georgia is in the running for Sparks. Uh, looks like he's going to be an offensive player, according to Caleb Giroux, uh, being recruited by several different schools for different positions. Thoughts on Sparks? This is where recruiting become. This is where Nick Saban's retirement becomes a huge deal, which is recruiting the Chattanooga area. I've told you guys for a while, Alabama has a unique pipeline into the southern Tennessee area. They always have. Tennessee has never been able to have the in-state advantage with those guys. They've always had to fight for them. And that goes back to the 1960s and 1950s. Ask Philip Fulmer. He almost went to play for Bear Bryant in the 1960s. So this is an old, old, old recruiting ground that people fight for. Notice, guys, Alabama is not one of the top two schools on the list. It's yep. now Georgia. Now, what Tennessee has to do with Alabama out of the way, they can't let Georgia develop a pipeline into Chattanooga. They cannot let that happen. That is, they they need a fence around that now because there's always good talent that comes out of there. And we can talk about the damage that Derek Dooley did with the pipeline by not recruiting Von Bell out of there. Um, and that did more damage it, than it was worth. It is closer to Memphis than it is Knoxville right now when you go to Chattanooga. Memphis is practically out of the state because of fan allegiances. Chattanooga is about that way with, People jumping on board the bandwagon of Georgia, Alabama, because their success lately. Tennessee is almost a, a secondary school in some people's mind. Before we get to a five-star offensive uh, tackle, let me take a second to tell you about Apex Apparel Group. Design, brand, market your way. Unique products to promote your business with unparalleled customer service. They can do cups, shirts, mugs, whatever you need. Call Tyler, 865-919-3001, 865-919-3001. 3001 again that is apex apparel group they will uh, certainly take care of you and then we have the five-star offensive tackle out of charlotte and um, he, he looks like a pretty good player david sanders jr no relation to dion that we know of your thoughts on david by the way david davis or dave how would you rank those three names I'm not doing this. Not doing this. I refuse. Okay. Um, David Sanders, but, tell me. He is um he's gonna be in town out of Charlotte, number two prospect overall, number one offensive tackle. Alabama, Clemson, and Georgia are some of the top schools for him. I love his frame, 6'6, 270 pounds. So he's pretty light on his feet from the tape that I've seen. And he's gonna grow into a 300 pounder at 6'6 pretty easy. So I, I really like this guy. You could make an argument that other than McIntyre, this would be the guy that they would most want to sign up and commit today. Absolutely, this would. And I'm just going to tell you it's not going to happen. I'm pretty sure he's going to be a, end up at Georgia. Uh, I, I just Well, aren't you just Mr. Ray of Sunshine? I'm sorry. Where would you go if you were him? You're not going to Clemson. You're not going to Alabama. You're going to Georgia. And you're not going to Ohio State for something we'll talk about later. He's going to end up at Georgia. He's going to end up at Georgia, guys. That, that's just a fact. Um, oh, that's not a fact. So. A little early, isn't it? No, he's going. You want to bet? Uh, no, I don't. I don't gamble. 
Uh, Four-star cornerback. (laughs) I've got other vices. Four-star cornerback uh, Jabori Antoine, a four-star out of Louisiana. Uh, He's the number 52 prospect in the 2025 class, number eight cornerback. LSU and Texas A&M have momentum, we're told. Um, But uh, we'll we'll see. Um, Tennessee has had success in Louisiana, some very little, like most uh, most schools. You and I have said it before, if LSU wants you and you're in Louisiana, usually stay at LSU. So I think that's uh, a bit of a bit of a stretch, but he's on campus and that's a great start. Yeah, and if Jordan Matthews makes an emergence this year, I mean that could that's definitely help that could help out to a certain degree with him. I mean, look, we can say this. Tennessee has limited success in getting kids out of Louisiana, but they have insane success with the kids on their team from Louisiana. <laughs> I mean, they have, I mean, Louisiana kids. There was this guy named Peyton Manning from Louisiana that, that I forgot Tennessee about got. that. Yeah, you know. Yeah, four, uh, four star cornerback Onus Conan Banning. He's so, uh, out of Columbia, South Carolina. And uh, the number two prospect from South Carolina, number 253 overall. Looks like North Carolina, Georgia, and Ohio State. Uh, does uh, Tennessee have a strong play for him? Yeah, I would think so. You, I like the fact that yeah. he's 62 as a corner, personally. This is the type of corner that Tennessee probably has the best chance to go for, like a solid corner that could develop at somebody who's not that Georgia's not going to roll out the red carpet for. You know what I'm talking about? This, mm-hmm. These are the type of guys you have to kind of get if you're Tennessee in the secondary. You're just not going to get the cornerbacks that people roll out the red carpet for, given the system they run. So you get the guys that can be serviceable, and I think they're. I think he's somebody that could be serviceable. Um, he's only a three star on actual two four seven sports, but two four seven sports composite has him as a four star. So I think we're looking at a developmental project here, which I think that's fine. That's a you know, if that's if that's your weakness, that's that's fine. And also again, Tennessee, if they can get the right pressure from up front, those are the only type of quarterbacks they need to get cornerbacks. Excuse me. They need to get. Okay. We got a, another four star. First, I want to tell you about Don self, your state farm agent in the Chattanooga area. Do me a favor, call Don self because customer service still matters. He's been in the biz for over 40 years. Don self.net Don self.net. That's right below. Uh, everybody's price shopping, and I get that. But if you want somebody with fantastic customer service in the Chattanooga area, it's Don Self, your State Farm agent, because customer service still matters. Don Self is phenomenal, and he will take care of you. So another four-star prospect, Jaden Harmon, out of Rome High School in Georgia. Uh, he will be in town 151 prospect nationally, number 18 linebacker in the 2025 class, Auburn, LSU, and Ole Miss, or some SEC schools in the race for harm. Yes, he. Um, I believe he would probably be another edge rusher, and I told you guys Tennessee is edge rusher U. It's a very attractive school for edge rushers at this point, so I think Tennessee could very much be in play for him. I do think Auburn, my guess, my bet would be Auburn is the biggest threat because Auburn's another school that, given Hugh Freeze's system, there's going to be edge rushers that thrive in there. So I think it's going to come down to Tennessee and Auburn, believe it or not. Very early projection, but that's just my prediction. Uh, Tennessee and Auburn just on the surface, not knowing if he has any connections to either school, I would probably take uh, Tennessee. Um, three-star cornerback. Uh, okay, we're gonna have to run through some of these. Three-star cornerback Tyler Redman. Three-star cornerback Dylan Lewis. Redman uh, committed to Tennessee in November. 
Uh, so he'll be in town. That's great. Uh, he's not really highly rated. So if I'm Redmond, I'm continuing to work on my game to make sure that that scholarship is available. Dylan Lewis is another Tennessee commitment out of Milton, Milton High School. He'll be in town. Five-star cornerback Naeem offered. Get offered me. Huh? Or he has been he, offered. He by, he's not going to end up. He won't go to Tennessee. He's from he Alabama. Been, and he's being targeted by. He's been offered by Tennessee. Get it? Uh, I know. I Naeem know. offered. <laughs> But he's not he's not going to Tennessee, guys. We can just say that right out loud. He's he's from you Alabama. Are just shutting down too many guys too early, Caleb. I know who's going to I know I know who Tennessee recruits. I know who they draw interest from, and I know their connections with how this is going to work. He's not going to end up in Tennessee unless Tennessee opens up the NIL red carpet for him. That's let's just a go. Fact. We 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 actually have a panel of uh recruitniks who uh help us along with Caleb Drew cover recruiting uh let me, let me ask them real quick what's your take on caleb being so negative you suck friday four-star cornerback john Tate gilbert out of georgia seems like a uh a tough That's a clemson guy excuse me He's a lock for Clemson. Well, I'm trying to get there. I'm trying to get there. (laughs) Interrupting me. Uh, He has two crystal ball projections to Clemson. It seems that way. I don't think any of these guys you can project yet. I'm just going to be real frank with you. This is too early in the process. Uh, Four-star wide receiver Travis Smith Jr. Uh, He's expected to be in this weekend. He is the number 26. That is a real chance. Tennessee is a strong contender for him. Okay, number 20. I'm going to let you weigh in. Number 26 prospect out of Georgia, 22 scholarship offers, including offers from Georgia, Auburn, and Colorado. Why do you think that Tennessee is in the running for this young man who's six foot four? I like that. I like hyping receivers. Yeah, he's um, Tennessee needs wideouts for the future. They're a little bit behind. And so they're going to go for a guy like Travis Smith Jr. It's going to, that's another one that I think is going to come down to Tennessee and Auburn. And while the Rome, Georgia kid we talked about, um, Jaden Harmon is more Rome is a little bit more Auburn country. I think Atlanta is more Tennessee country. I think Tennessee has Atlanta on, on a stronger lock than Auburn does, quite honestly. So I think Travis Smith Jr. is a very, very strong possibility to end up at Tennessee, largely because it doesn't seem like George is going after him that hard. And again, wide receivers are going to love Tennessee. So no, I, I completely agree with that. Uh, we have another four-star prospect that I want to get to, brought to you in part by Tennessee Cider Company, the original hard cider of the Smoky Mountains. Use the promo code HAT, that's HAT, to receive some free swag with your cider order, available most anywhere in the United States of America. So we have yet uh, another four-star that will be in town. This is a really impressive list. Four-star uh a four-star interior offensive lineman, Leo Delaney, expected to be in Knoxville this weekend. Six foot six, two hundred seventy-pound offensive lineman, uh, isn't currently ranked by two four seven sports, but two four seven ranks him as the uh, by the composite, I should say. But two four seven sports ranks him as the number twenty-eight prospect overall. So the, with a composite, probably ESPN or somebody isn't in yet. But he's a four-star guy, South Carolina, NC State, North Carolina among the 13 schools that have offered Delaney anything on him. This is a 2020, this is a 2026 prospect. So okay. it's hard to read, uh, read him at this point. I oh, no, you've if, already um, got it figured out, Caleb. No, I do not already have it figured out. I do believe this is probably a, uh, I wonder if he and David Sanders jr. Are, are kind of committed together. So it could be based on that. So, well, I'll have, I, I can't really give it. I don't have a read on him yet. 
I'll just say that. Three-star cornerback Timothy. He has merit. Timothy Merritt, three-star cornerback, expected to be in town. Uh, he is 409 prospect overall, the number 45 prospect in the 2025 class. Offers from Arkansas, Ole Miss, Auburn, and Mississippi State. Again, size, six foot two. I like that. About 180 pounds. So this is a big weekend for Tennessee. It's going to be a big weekend for a lot of schools coming up. And I'm going to tell you next what Alabama needs to do to be successful under Kalen DeBoer. I'm not going Wait, to tell. Let's, before we do that, let's stick with there's another there's a there's a guy who outweighs every single person visiting this weekend. Who did I forget? He's not visiting Alabama offensive lineman Caden Proctor entering the. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, Caden Proctor. Uh, he is in the portal. Does Tennessee have a chance? An offensive lineman. We still. Don't know 100% what's going to happen with Hurd. So is Caden Proctor a guy that could step in? And if nothing else, give Tennessee a little bit of leverage on Hurd to say, hey, you need to pull the trigger or we could get Proctor. I say yay. I think that's a huge bit of leverage for Tennessee. Yes, I think in Caden Proctor, like this is your this is your generational left tackle, Dave. This is your Darnell Wright if you're – you, and that's, I mean, I mean, he's that level of talent. Okay. Get Caden Proctor. If you can, he is a potential huge home run. This is a guy you open up the NIL checkbook for even more than Lance Hurd. You open it up for Caden Proctor. And then you have a couple of, then you're right. You have leverage. Here's a question, Dave. Would you rather get it? If you're Tennessee, do you, would you rather have a commitment from Proctor or a commitment from three of the guys from this weekend that are visiting? I think Proctor outweighs three. Well, am I am I losing the rest of them, or are you just saying, like, am I not getting McIntyre? Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, would you sacrifice McIntyre for Proctor this year? <sighs> no, I and would. It's, clo- it's close, and I understand that. I understand why you would. I do. You put every. I I'm, I do believe in putting everything into 2024. I am a win now guy, and you don't sacrifice win now for the future. Ever, 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 ever. Okay. I can roll with that. Hit like and subscribe now. It appears that as if Kalen DeBoer is uh, trying to build a Washington South. What he needs to do is he needs to copy the balls. He needs to copy what Josh Heupel has done in certain aspects of his program. And I'm going to tell you what I mean by that in exactly two minutes with Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker off the Sports. Sun, sand, and salt water, the beach is a very relaxing place. Unless you wear contacts. Ow! Open your eyes to the best the beach has to offer with LASIK Vision Correction from Campbell Cunningham Laser Center. Ah. Sports Treasures in North Knoxville is one of the South's largest sports cards and memorabilia dealers, featuring over 10 million sports cards from vintage to modern. Sports Treasures carries a full line of hobby boxes, singles, autographed memorabilia, Tennessee ball collectibles, fan cave decorations, and so much more. See a museum full of collectibles at Sports Treasures, 4819 North Broadway in Fountain City, and Sports Treasures on Facebook. Sports Treasures, where the real sports fan goes to shop. 
Have you seen the latest TriStar Hats Co. product? TriStar Hats Co.? What's that? You know, those really cool hats, shirts, tumblers, and even license plates with three stars like the official Tennessee flag and stripes like the American flag. Pretty patriotic if you ask me. Ah, gotcha. Seen those. Those are cool. Where can I get them? Simple. TriStarHatsCo.com. And if you order now, there's 10% on any order $50 or more. Plus, use the promo code HOOKED. With the promo code HOOKED, you get 10% off. That's HOOKED. And don't forget free shipping with any order over 50 bucks. Stock up at TriStarHatsCo.com. That's TriStarHatsCo.com. There are plenty of wannabes out there, so make sure you go to TriStarHatsCo.com for the best quality and customer service. Will do, and I'll be sure to use the promo code HOOKED. That's HOOKED when I do to save an additional 10% off. TriStarHatsCo.com. TriStar Hats Co. is a trademark of TriStar Hats Co. LLC. Any use without express written consent is prohibited. What's up, everybody? This is Jacob Warren asking you to like, subscribe, and share. Dave needs this. The Dave Hooker Show, represented by Banks and Jones, Tennessee's trial attorney. Play to win, banksjones.com. You're listening to The Dave Hooker Show. A presentation of OffTheHookSports.com. The internet is full of pictures of each and every one of you. Available on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the Off The Hook Sports app. Download now for free. Is there nothing you people can't do? Also available on OffTheHookSports.com. Boy, the recruiting calendar is so screwy, isn't it? This would have been, we talked about all those visitors and if you want to, you can go back and listen to that or we'll, uh, we'll pick it out and you can listen to the uh, self-contained video breaking down the visitors this weekend. We'll have that up early so you can get your full preview. But uh, these would have been guys that are ooh, about 11, uh, about 15 days away from making their decision. They would be 2024 guys. And now we're talking about 2025 guys that will make their decision in December is just vastly different. All right. It's going um, to drive a lot of elite coaches out of college football. Oh, I think it already is. I've, I've talked to an NFL scout that um, there, there are a lot of college coaches that are very willing to take a lesser NFL job than they would before. In other words, they don't have to be a coordinator. They don't have to be uh, something like that. They just want to get on a staff. In, in other words, you, know, you might have two linebackers coach in the NFL I'll be an inside linebackers coach. I'll do that um, as opposed to be a linebackers coach in college because I'm working a hundred million hours a week. That is happening. Yeah. Um, there's no question about it. All right. We got Kalen DeBoer here. No relation to Caleb Calhoun, even though the name sounds somewhat similar. And he's building a uh, Washington South, it looks like. What the H? What the? What was he thinking? Release the hounds. The Dave Hooker Show. Keep cool. A presentation of offthehooksports.com. Brought to you by Sports Treasures. I'll tell you more about Sports Treasures here momentarily. But tell me about this Kalen DeBoer staff before I tell you that he needs to copy Tennessee and everything that Josh Heupel has done done which sounds crazy that could be a what the h of its own because tennessee copying alabama 
would have been the topic this time last year, but now it's Alabama needs to copy Tennessee, and I'm going to tell you why. But first, give me a thumbnail sketch of this sketchy staff that uh, DeBoer is putting together in Tuscaloosa, and it's brought to you by Sports Treasures, carrying over 5 million sports treasures and so much more. Follow on Facebook for great Tennessee and other sports teams memorabilia daily updates follow them sports treasures tn sports treasures tn tell me about this staff caleb so nick kelly who reports for the tuscaloosa news has broken down he's shady what'd you say i said he's shady but i was joking great guy go ahead oh (laughs) he um has broken down who is on the staff so far so head coach caleb nabor offensive coordinator ryan grubb coming with caleb nabor from washington Mm-hmm. Defensive coordinator Kane Womack from South Alabama. That grub's Offensive a real line. worm, by the way. I'm sorry? That grub's a real worm, by the way. Uh, ha, ha, ha. Uh-huh. See, that's what happens. You, your jokes are going to be complete trash once you have uh, your, your your son. So, by the way, Caleb announced that he has a commitment to the family uh, as uh, his missus is expecting. All right, go ahead, Caleb. Congratulations. Again. Okay, so... Uh, Thank you. Um, Scott Huff at Washington, offensive line coach. Or Scott Huff, offensive line coach, also comes from Washington. Nick Sheridan, the tight ends coach, also comes from Washington. Tennessee fans will be familiar with that because he coached at Tennessee for a while. Also having coached at Tennessee, Robert Gillespie, who is being retained on the Alabama staff. Jamarcus Shepard comes from Washington. Freddie Roach being retained on the Alabama staff. And then two defensive assistants, Maurice Linguist out of Buffalo and Colin Hitchler out of Wisconsin. So only the two... Only three coaches on the staff right now that are coming from other schools in SEC country, one South Alabama, two Alabama. But he's basically building his Washington staff. And I also wanted to point out that Alabama, uh, they had a five-star quarterback into the transfer portal today. Or, yeah, it was today. Meanwhile, they have just added Washington transfer quarterback Austin Mack, leading many to believe that Kalen DeVore is just bringing his Washington team to Alabama. Well, that that is what he's doing, and I'm not surprised. Josh Heupel did that in large part, brought a bunch of guys from UCF to make up his staff, and the question was, <coughs> pardon me, about recruiting. Heupel has answered that to some extent. How? Two ways. Uh, NIL is a big factor. I'm not going to say that cash isn't king, but the culture that Tennessee has, and I'm not just saying this to make you feel good about Josh Heupel, it's a fact. The culture that Tennessee has is is pretty special right now. Um, I think you saw that in the Citrus Bowl. They wanted to go out there and for pride win that game when really it was an 8-4 season. Who cares? But not only win, but dominate. So Bama needs to copy Tennessee. That's the key. They need to copy Tennessee's culture. They need to copy whatever they're doing in NIL. Listen, I don't. I don't work with the guys at Spire Group, and I don't know if they would take this phone call, but if I'm a major booster, I'm calling around the different schools that are doing well in NIL, and I'm saying, hey, ultimately, we're businessmen. I would like to pick your brain. It's the same thing I did when we started building off the hook sports. I talked to a thousand people from Paul Feinbaum to whoever you can imagine about how to put this whole thing together. That is exactly what Kalen DeBoer or a booster or someone with their collective needs to do. Heard an interview with athletic director Greg Byrne of Alabama, and it sounded pathetic. It sounded sad. 
you know what his response was to uh, losing the Saban discount? In other words, players go to Nick Saban for less NIL money because it'll get them to the pros. His response was, I can't tell you how many transfers have come in. And they have said, wow, these facilities are unapproachable. They are incredible. They're better than the other big time school I was at. Yeah, whatever. They may be a little bit nicer, but would you stay at a, a Marriott over a Holiday Inn, for instance? Uh, I'd stay at a full service uh, Marriott, sure. But I'd stay at a Holiday Inn if it meant that somebody was paying me $100,000 more than the Marriott people. Um, so that's not going to do it. it. Their facilities aren't that much nicer than everybody else, although I'm sure they're right up at the top in the country. So what are your thoughts on Bama copying Tennessee? I think that's exactly what they need to do. Yeah, but you are right. They're missing one big part of this with copying Tennessee, which is NIL. You're right. I, I, for the record, and I'm glad you that's, brought this up. Yeah, but that's my point. They've got to get that in place. Right. I'm glad you brought this up. If I hear one other major program say we've got great facilities, so we're going to win, I swear I'm going to blow my brains out. Okay. Because guess like the, this isn't the nineties. We can agree on this Dave, right? When you were covering, when you first started covering Tennessee in the nineties, there was a noticeable difference in facilities between a Tennessee or an Ole Miss or an LSU or an Alabama, right? There was. When I started going to road games and covering more so when I started covering recruiting camps, I was stunned how poor the facilities were at some schools in particular, Miami stood out. Okay. So that doesn't exist anymore, right? They're all, even if one facility is better than the other, they're all relatively in the same tier. Aren't they? They all mm -hmm. have a lot of nice state. You're right. It's like, it is. It's like staying at a holiday Inn or a Marriott that are both like full service, five-star hotels with continental breakfast. You know what I mean? It's like one might be a little bit nicer, but whatever it's, if it, it, it's not going to outweigh so many other things, this is, just quick story. Um, you do know that Butch Jones would tell people that Tennessee is going to out recruit Alabama because they have a nicer juice bar in 2015. Uh, yes, I do. I do know that. And it wasn't that <laughs> nice of a juice bar. <laughs> I just, I love, I love, that's still my favorite story. I can't wait. I wanted to see Butch Jones in the living room. I was like, you may go to the NFL with Nick Saban, but you won't get that juice bar that you get at Tennessee. So come to Tennessee. It's true. You <laughs> um, have to, so don't you have to take a little pride if you're Tennessee now and we're talking about um, we're talking about Bama copying Tennessee as opposed to vice versa in, in and of itself. I mean, how much are you as Tennessee? But I'm about to, I'm trying to debate this. They're not copying Tennessee. I disagree with you. No, I they think should. they're copying. I'm not saying they, I'm not saying they are. I'm saying they should. But what Kalen DeVore is actually doing is more copying Butch Jones. Um, Butch Jones brought his Cincinnati staff largely with him to Tennessee and, Look, I think SEC ties are overrated, but I think you have to value that some. Let's talk Josh Heupel real quick. What's the big underrated? What's Josh Heupel's biggest staff move that he made, Dave? It's Rodney Garner, right? Above anybody else. You wouldn't say it's Tim Banks? Tim Banks is a solid one. Tennessee's not doing what they're doing without Rodney Garner, though. Rodney Garner is the most important staff member on that team. Okay. Okay. If you throw in recruiting, uh, I'll... I'll give you that. But I think as just a on-field coach, it could be a coin flip between him and Fair Banks. enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. I just think that Tim Banks isn't the only – I think he's the best you can get, but I don't think he's the only coordinator you could get who does what he does. I think you – Agreed. There are more Agreed, but I don't think there are a lot of dudes that want to be on the other side of a high-pull offense. 
See what I'm saying? That's I think fair. there are a lot of I think there are a lot of DCs that'll be like, I'm good. <laughs> that might be fair. You're right. But I just there are there are no Rodney Garners. There are literally there is one Rodney Garner as a defensive line coach in college football, and his name is Rodney Garner. And that helped Tennessee recruit at such a high level in the SEC when Josh Heupel first got there. Alabama's got their their closest is Robert Gillespie, but do you consider Robert Gillespie anywhere near the same stratosphere as Rodney Garner I was on this front? I mean, I, I was incredibly surprised at how average he was when it when at Tennessee from a recruiting standpoint. To be real honest with you, I kind of thought he'd uh, step in, and maybe it's because they look a little bit similar and coach the same position. But I kind of thought maybe he'd get something like a Trooper Taylor. But I did I didn't think he had a, a monster impact on Tennessee's recruiting when he was at Tennessee. And quite frankly, you should, if you coach running backs, your job is to recruit in college. That's literally why you coach as running backs. You're right. I mean, that's, that's Jerry Mack is at Tennessee so he can help Tennessee get kids from Memphis and Mississippi. That's why he's there. That's literally the reason he's there. So Tennessee can have a presence in West Tennessee. And I mean, you are absolutely right. Is Kalen DeBoer, and here's the question, and I don't want to be those guy, one of those guys, because I'm sorry, Dave, one of the things that drives me crazy is like when SEC fans are like, well, you're not going to win if you don't know the SEC. You got to have SEC ties to win in the SEC. That, that's BS, okay? There have been plenty of guys that have no SEC ties that have won at a high level. However, don't you have to have a, at least a certain baseline of SEC ties on your staff if you're going to win? Somebody that knows the lay of the land in recruiting? Well, you mean southeastern ties, not a, not necessarily SEC. Yeah, southeastern right? ties, southeastern ties. Um, yes, and actually, this would surprise a lot of people, but SEC ties help as well. I mean, I knew one coach that was at Tennessee. I'm not going to name his name. That would get calls from another school saying, "Hey, we don't have room for this guy. You should you should take a look at him." I know that sounds insane, but that does happen among recruiters. So yes, ties to high school coaches. In the South, ties to all these guys who put together camps in the South. I mean, Jabari Davis, former ball, puts together camps. Uh, you have ties to those guys, ties to other coaches at other schools in the SEC. All of those play a factor. And unless Kalen DeBoer has secretly built up a recruiting network that I'm not aware of, he does not have those connections right now in Tuscaloosa. No. And he doesn't have to. The thing is, you need to have assistants who have them, though, don't you? Like, Nick Saban had no ties at all when he went to Louisiana. But he hired assistants who had ties. Yes. Yes. And, and he made it his mission to, while well, he was the LSU coach, to control the state. I mean, he, he, did. He, he did an incredible job. And this, I want to point this out, too, real quick, before you finish your thought. General Nealon said, some of these high school coaches won't even let you in if they don't know you. That's very true. That's 110. I've seen that happen before. Guys get locked out. I don't think that's what a high school coach should do, but it does happen, and it happens a lot in the South with allegiances. Go ahead, Caleb. No, that's, that, that's a very good point. You're right. It does. Um, and also, coaches will – It's. I mean, it's funny. You bring up Nick Saban. I did some research. Uh, uh, Frank Wilson, who was at Tennessee when he was the head coach at Perry in New Orleans, he was funneling kids to LSU and Nick Saban. Largely because he wanted a college coaching job at LSU. And well, yeah, that's yeah, that's the old. Um, what was his name? What was Vincent Yarbrough's coach's name? Oh, Something in high school, Grant. I don't remember. He looked sleepy all the time. Um, 
yeah, why do you think he was the guy who booked the hotels and booked the travel for Tennessee's basketball team? Why do you think Dell Baker was of all who ended up being pretty good, but because he was Vincent's half brother? I mean, they basically took everybody they needed from Vincent's high school to get Vincent. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. That is true. Wasn't Derek Stribling from there too? I could be wrong on that. Don't quote me, but uh, he could be. But what? Well, all I would say is that yeah, high school coaches funnel players to a school in hopes of getting a job there. Hugh, Fr- the worst, by the way, Hugh Freeze. Michael Lore wasn't the first. Hugh Freeze was funneling players. Hugh Freeze was funneling players to Ole Miss for years when he was at Briarcrest because he wanted a job at Ole Miss. Okay, that he was funneling players out of Memphis to Ole Miss players oh, that was- Tennessee wanted. It was obvious. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was absolutely obvious. I don't um, – and, and and I've got a big problem with that because if you're more worried about your future than you are the kids, then you're going to limit his opportunities. And, Caleb, that is the, the, the frustrating part. I, I knew – and I got into as, as heated of a debate as I'm going to get in with recruiting. Cause usually I just step away. I'm like not into it. I mean, I've had Jalen Ramsey get mad at me and all this stuff. I'm like, okay, fine. Um, so uh, there was a player in the mid state area that went to Alabama. Well, I knew for a fact that the coach steered him to Alabama and there are coaches that do that. And those are the coaches, honestly, that you want on your side. It's kind of dirty pool and the player's interest might not be at the top of the list, but when all said and done, who cares if you get the player? But I don't think Kalen DeBoer is going to have that. Um, I think that Josh Heupel has done a really good job of building that, partly because of that culture we talk about so often. Yeah, Josh Heupel has established a very good culture at Tennessee. Josh Heupel is... And this is the interesting part about Josh Heupel that I think sells well. And honestly, I think Dabo Swinney started this culture at... Clemson D, funny enough. That's let's give Dabo some credit. One difference between Dabo and Nick Saban is don't you feel like when Clemson is winning titles, the players are more at the forefront than the coach? The players are more at the forefront than the coach in college football. I wouldn't say so. No, 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 no. At Clemson specifically. With Clemson, when they won their two titles, you thought Deshaun Watson, you thought Trevor Lawrence, you thought Amari Rogers, T. Higgins, Shaq Lawson. When Alabama won the title, you thought Nick Saban. And yeah, I, I feel like Dabo. But don't we almost st- have to take Saban out of all these conversations? Because no, because so you think Kirby Smart with George. You think Kirby Smart with Georgia too. You don't think Georgia's players. You thought Kirby Smart. Okay, who do you think Southern California? Who do you think Texas? Who do you think? Uh, have, what if they won national titles recently? Well, no, they haven't. But I mean, the face of the program. Uh, most oftentimes are coaches, aren't they? But what what I'm getting at is that there is a difference. There are some schools where the coach is the face of the program and every every bit of success they have, you think of the coach first and others, you think of the players first. And I think Josh Heupel has really installed a culture of Tennessee where the players get the credit before he does. We talked about Hendon Hooker more than we talked about Josh Heupel in 2022, didn't we? Throughout that season? Yes. yes. Do you think Alabama's ever talking about Mac Jones more than Nick Saban? or Jalen Hurts or Jalen Milrow or any of those players more than they were talking about Nick Saban? No, Saban's, Saban's going to be the topic of conversation, which I can certainly understand that. I mean, I, and so, I, he should be. Right. And that's actually a credit to – that's one thing that could help DeBoer with recruiting is I think he does say you'll kind of be more of an individualist yourself. You won't be just some cog in my system because everybody talked about Michael Penix last year more than Kalen DeBoer. I didn't know Kalen DeBoer's name halfway through the year, and I don't think you did either. 
So I, I think said, that you said Phoenix. It's <laughs> <laughs> my, oh my daily God. Beavis and Butthead impression. <laughs> but all I, in, in, on a long story short, is building Washington South going to work at Alabama, or will that put them behind the eight ball talent wise? Uh, again, I think you've got to get, you've got to copy what Josh Heifel's done. I don't want to sound like a broken record and it doesn't appear like they're going to do that. If they, if they can find those NIL dollars, they can ship $10 million from donations to the university to NIL. Things can change very rapidly. Cash talks, but I'm not sure. But that's, that's... the problem. Kalen DeBoer, part of the culture has to do with the school itself. And the culture of the Alabama school is players are just puzzle pieces and cogs that come through and are gone, but it's the school that matters. That's how Alabama's been. Okay. I see what you're driving uh, at there. And, and I can agree with that. It was funny. Uh, there was a point that Alabama had so many good running backs that you kind of forgot which one was which when they went to the NFL. Was he before him or he before him? Um, so I see your point. Hemp House, the premier hemp dispensary online with a wide variety, great selection, and strict standards to ensure you only receive the best in CBD or Delta products. Go to Hemp House Chat with two T's. Hemp House Chat with two T's. Dot com. That is the Hemp House, and you will absolutely love uh, the Hemp House and what they have to offer. It is time for four downs, and we're going to venture a little bit outside of our usual realm, but for good reason. Four downs brought to you by Dynasty Pools and Spas. I'm going to explain to you why it might be easier for Tennessee to win a national title today than it was... I don't know, uh, mid-January 2020, what are we, 2023? What are we this year? Oh, yeah, 2023. Sorry, buddy. I get in the recruiting calendar. and it, It's actually 2024. It, no, but why they're better off than January 2023. Tennessee has a better chance to win a national championship uh, at this particular time. They did this time last year. Totally bumbled that, but I'm going to explain it right now. It's Four Downs brought to you by Dynasty Pools and Spas. Four Downs brought to you by Dynasty Spas, the most comfortable spas made in the United States of America, right here in East Tennessee. Drop in for the all-new showroom in Athens, Dynasty Spas, perfect for all four seasons. Four Downs presented by Off the Hook Sports. That's Dynasty Pools and Spas. Let's jump in the hot tub with the one and only Cooper Mays. Coop, what are we supposed to do? Cooper Mays here. Hit like and subscribe. Thanks, Coop. Down. Coop here, first down. Thank you. All right. So we have Ryan Day, who suddenly has, it seems, lost his play calling duties to Bill O'Brien. Ryan Day, the head coach at Ohio State. Bill O'Brien, longtime offense coordinator, NFL coach, coach at Penn State, and he's uh, been around a lot. Um, so I think this opens up the fact that they're having trouble at Ohio State. I think it opens it up for a lot of schools, Tennessee included. Ohio State, and when, when Ryan Day was hired, you thought they're going to have a ton of talent, and he was thought of as an offensive guru when he was hired, like one of the best young coaches in America. Big, big deal. They loved him. They gave him a huge contract when he was um, just an assistant. They were not going to let him get away from there. But now – we look at Ryan Day a lot different. What is the SEC equivalent, that's first down, 
of Ryan Day. Were they a guy who we thought was an offensive guru who turned out to not be? It can be any direction you want to go. Just similarities um, where he ranks. I mean, obviously, he's not as good as Kirby Smart. Then we start getting in to debates about Brian Kelly, Sarkeesian. Uh, where would he rank? What's the SEC equivalent? Oh, it doesn't have, to be, doesn't have to be an offensive coach. I'm just talking about competency overall. It could be a defensive coach like Mark Stoops if you want to. I'm actually going to say a coach who got fired because it's another Urban Meyer protege and it was Dan Mullen. Um, yeah. Where I think both of them are good offensive minds, but there's just something about them that holds them back from like taking programs to the most elite level. And now actually another great one because Texas is joining the SEC, Tom Herman. Uh, yeah, I mean, Tom Herman, uh, that's that's an interesting comparison. Let me ask you this. Um, how many coaches do you believe, as opposed to equivalent or comparison, talking comp, how, how many coaches do you believe are just flat out better in the SEC than Ryan Day? Ooh, okay. And guys, I want to point this out. Ryan Day, I'm judging him against the job he's at. And Dave, you know this. Ohio State is borderline the LSU job, isn't it? You can fall out of bed and get top three, top five recruiting classes at Ohio State. A lot of similarities. Yes. So it's like, again, Ed Orgeron could win a national title at Ohio State just like he did at LSU. And there's not many places he can do that at. So coaches that are clear-cut better. Well, Kirby Smart, very obviously better. Yes. Um, I think Josh Heupel is very obviously better at this point. I think Brian Kelly is very obviously better at this point. Um, I think that's three right. See, I would take Sark pretty easily. I, I think there's still a debate for Hypel, but I would take Sark pretty easily. Oh, I'd take Hypel over Sark and not even think about it, but I would probably take Sark over Ryan Day too. And I'd take Lane Kiffin over Ryan Day. I would take Lane Kiffin in a heartbeat over Ryan Day. Guys, Ohio State... Ohio State's a better job with more talent than Michigan. It is a tier above Michigan as a job. Ryan Day has no excuse to lose to Michigan three years in a row. None. And you know that area a little bit, Dave, right? Ohio, like Penn State and Michigan are good. Shouldn't Ohio State be on a totally different level from them all the time? You would certainly think so. Yeah. Um, so would, I think uh, Ryan Day has massively underachieved. I picked them to win the national title this past year because of the talent. They didn't even get to the playoff. No, yeah. it, it's Ryan Day. Uh, Coop, remind me what down it is, and I'll remind everyone that Dynasty Pools and Spas right there in Athens. All spas include delivery, cover, steps, and chemicals. No extras to buy. When it comes to the chemicals, don't be fooled by big box stores. They use fillers. Uh, the chemicals at Dynasty Pools and Spas are the best with a more active ingredient and formulated for your spa, no matter what brand you own. What down, Coop? Cooper Mays here. Second down. Oh, thank you, Coop. We certainly appreciate that. All right. So second down is this. Um, well, we just did that. Where would Ryan Day rank among SEC coaches? I got ahead of myself. What down is it now, Coop? Tennessee center Cooper Mays here. Third down. How would Josh Heifel do at Ohio State? He'd have three Heisman winners in four years. And <laughs> I'm thinking Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma when he had like Kyler Murray, Baker Mayfield, Jalen Hurts. Like, uh, did did you see the receivers that Ohio State had this past year? Oh, they uh, not last year, but the year before. I was told by an NFL scout that they had 
five guys that could be first round picks uh, at some point in their career. Could you imagine Josh Hyper with five first rounders at receiver and CJ Stroud at quarterback? Pretty tough to beat. Pretty tough. To I think. I, I mean, I know you said three Heisman's in four years, and that's probably a little overstated. But I would say this: if he coached there five years, and let's say under the current system, let's move forward instead of look back in a twelve-team playoff. Josh Heupel was the head coach there tomorrow, and he's not going to Ohio State. We don't mean that. But yes, he would. He would have a Heisman winner, and he would play in the national championship game two years. And he would win one. That to me would be a baseline minimum. I agree. I absolutely agree. And that's a minimum. Again, I can't stress how easy it is to win at Ohio State. And Josh Heupel there with the talent they have in the state of Ohio. Oh, man, that would be scary. And I think you're right. I think that Josh Heupel would set every record. I'll tell you this much. He would never lose to Michigan three years in a row. That would never happen with Josh Heupel at Ohio State. No. and it, um. Yeah, let's. I mean, let's be honest. Jim Harbaugh is a better coach than Ryan Day, and it's not even in the ballpark. Significantly, right? significantly, yeah. and and I didn't no, even say that. We're talking, we're talking high school, middle school. You remember the middle school coach when you were growing up, and he always wanted to be a high school coach, but he wasn't quite good enough. So he probably helped you recruit illegally for your high school, and <laughs> he was the middle school coach. That was that guy. That's Ryan Day compared to Jim Harbaugh. Absolutely, and by the way. I thought Jim Jim Harbaugh may have never beaten Urban Meyer. I didn't think Urban Meyer was that much of a better coach than Jim Harbaugh. I just thought Ohio State was that much better of a job than Michigan. I don't think Michigan is – I think Michigan's a tough job. I don't think it's a top-10 job in America. Jim Harbaugh winning a national title there, that's dramatically overachieving what's possible in Michigan, quite honestly. And so, yeah, that's, I think he's an amazing coach. That's a, that's a good question for another day. Is Michigan a top 10 job? Okay, and this is what opens it up for Tennessee and several other schools to perhaps win a national title because I think Caleb and I are going to agree on fourth down, Coop. All SEC center Cooper Mays here, fourth down. Will Ryan Day ever win a title, a national championship? I think we both agree that he won't. Safe? No, it, it, we're safe at this point. And it's, I'll let you go first. Well, I I don't want to put words in your mouth, but how, what schools, if, if Ohio state can't win a national championship under Ryan day, what schools benefit by that open opportunity, as opposed to having urban Meyer, who yes, is a piece of trash, but he also is a great coach. I mean, urban Meyer would still be winning at Ohio state. I don't care if he was in his own bar with three other chicks, he would still have the job and he would still be winning at a high level. So what schools say, yay, day. Uh, I'm happy for day that he's at Ohio State. Tennessee, because as you know, Dave, they have a pipeline into Cincinnati. Um, as a matter of fact, I think the Bengals games are the local market team, aren't they, for the AFC over the Titans in Knoxville? Um, don't quote me on that, but when I was lived there, I, I it was for a little while. I got to be honest with you. Um, when the NFL Sunday ticket came along, it changed my life. I watched <laughs> I watch the games I want to watch. I'm not sure what's on local television. So a few, Tennessee, Penn State, Michigan. Those three are going to love it. Those three are going to love it. They can all go into Ohio and raid some talent. Um, Michigan won it in 97 because John Cooper was at Michigan, an old Powell grad, Dave. Uh, and John Cooper right. lost John out on a Cooper lot of talent. John Cooper got his PhD, Powell High Diploma. He's an alum. Yep. Um, so here's the problem. 
Ryan Day's window is closing because the narrative, and you know this, Dave, you covered it with Philip Fulmer. The minute the narrative is out on you, you un- the program unravels because it becomes harder to recruit. Am I right? So yes. the narrative's out on Ryan Day. Bill O'Brien, by the way, guys, Bill o- Ryan Day was hired as an offensive genius, and now he's forced to give up offensive play calling duties to Bill O'Brien, who does not run the spread offense. Can we talk about how much of a clash this year this is? This is just as bad. This is worse than Bobby Petrino to Jimbo Fisher, honestly. Significantly so. This is not what Ryan Day wants. This is put it, this is the Dave Kloss and Philip Fulmer combination. It's it's not, it's 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 opposite philosophies. So I, I gotta be honest, this is a bad move. And I think Ohio State's going to unravel because of it. So you got Tennessee, Michigan, and Penn State are going to thrive because of it. Watch out for West Virginia, Virginia Tech, Kentucky, Louisville. Cincinnati is now a Power 5 school. Yep. Well said. Um, Obviously, a school you didn't mention because you think they're significantly better. would Again, I don't want to put words in your mouth. would be Georgia. I mean – uh, not having an elite coach at Ohio State could result in another national championship for Georgia in and of itself. Um, not having to play an Urban Meyer in a championship game with elite talent or uh, and, and playing Ryan Day instead probably ends up in Georgia getting another national championship at some point. Not that they needed uh, the help. Um, it'd be interesting to see what happens with uh, Ryan Day because you're absolutely right. That is an easy place to win compared to other places. And while there's a lot of advantages, the one disadvantage is you, those fans are passionate to a fault. And I know we, we have a Tennessee, a strong Tennessee fan base on here. You are too. Okay. But there are, there are about a half dozen schools that I think can be passionate to a fault. They get the, that goes to ripping kids on social media. It also goes to having expectations that are too high. And I'm not saying all of you right now that are Tennessee fans. I'm saying there's a high percentage, a high, I mean, about 10%, where most schools have about 5%. I think there's about six, eight schools in the country that have a 10% crazy fan factor. And Ohio State is one of those. I uh, worked with a company in Ohio and people that had never even stepped foot on Ohio State campus, uh, Ohio, uh, Ohio State's campus were just absolutely enamored with Ohio State. Things shut down. Um, and so I think there's a lot of pressure there, um, a, a whole lot of pressure at Ohio State. And and you do have Urban Meyer hanging out without a job and talking on TV, so there's even more, more pressure. Um the thing that I think is scary is if Ryan Day flames out, who do they go get? But again, that could be two, three years. How long do you think Ryan Day will be at Ohio State? Two more years. I got two. They'll try it with Bill O'Brien. It'll unravel for a little bit, and then things collapse the year after, and then he's fired. I don't think it matters who they get because I don't think it's that – again, I don't think it's that hard to win at Ohio State. I, I think it's one where they could stumble into a guy and go win a national title. I don't think Jim Dressel was that great of a coach honestly, but he won a national title. Well, this guy can see the future, and you know why? Campbell Cunningham, Taylor, and Han, I can see. Enjoy life better when you see better. Local vision service for LASIK, cataract surgery, and regular eye examination. Had a meeting with them yesterday, and so excited to work for them, cctis.com. 
cctis.com. Campbell, Cunningham, Taylor, and on. I, I still like will think I've got contacts in. No, I don't. That's cool. I don't have contacts in. There are a lot of people who seem to think that Gerard Mayo is racist. Goodness gracious, people, we're overreacting. He's Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker. I'll tell you what he said, and we'll play it, and we'll get your thoughts. Also, our five favorite minutes, I've already got a topic from the message board. Who will have the biggest legacy? Who will have the biggest impact on Josh Heupel's legacy? Will it be Rodney Garner or Willie Martinez? Two minutes off the sports. Got cataracts. We can fix that. Never miss another moment. With a little help from Drs. Campbell, Cunningham, Taylor, and Hahn at cctis.com. Hi, I'm Rick Terry, and we at Rick Terry Jewelry Designs pride ourselves in the highest quality craftsmanship from a family-owned business here in Knoxville for over 35 years. At Rick Terry Jewelry Designs, we also take pride in being an affordable option for all your game day accessories, especially those fire opals. At Rick Terry Jewelry Designs, we want to be your jeweler every day and especially on game day. Go Vols! Hi, Mike Davis here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. We use only the best equipment like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. City Heat and Air. We believe every day is a good day to be thirsty. With free samples on draft and lots of flavors to choose from, Tennessee Cider Company prepares a hard cider that's easy to enjoy. Some say it's the signature cider of the South. Others say it's the cure to your craving. They all say you'll savor every sip. The area of Gatlinburg has so much to offer, and so does Tennessee Cider Company. Add us to your list for shopping and fun experiences. You'll be glad you made the trip. Find our cidery in the Mountain Mall on the Gatlinburg Parkway. Sip smart. Sip the good stuff. Sip Tennessee Cider Company. Thirsty yet? Doors open at 10 a.m. Hit like and subscribe. And you better do it right now. The Dave Hooker Show, represented by Banks and Jones. Tennessee's trial attorney. Excuse me, Your Honor. Play to win. BanksJones.com. Um, who's this guy? Hello, wizard! The Dave Hooker Show, Ooh. a presentation of Off the Hook Sports. What? YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the free Off the Hook Sports app. Back to Dave Hooker. So he's Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker. We have this little messaging system. And um, <laughs> and Caleb's, Caleb's like... <laughs> I'm, I'm, we're going to talk about whether Gerard Mayo's a racist or not, which people overreact and it was silly. Uh, yes, that is a little. No, that was uh, uh, Derek asks, is that Matlock in the background? No, that was a people's court. Dun, dun, dun. I love that. Uh, thank you for uh, the support, Banks and Jones, the show represented by Banks and Jones. Uh, other attorneys will say they'll go to trial. They won't. Banks and Jones, criminal defense and personal injury. But we have this messaging system that we can uh, go back and forth. And uh, Caleb is like, a few minutes ago, he's like, let's do a break now. I've really got to go to the restroom. 
<laughs> and and Caleb, then I've got to finish my wrap up and get us into break and tease it, right? He's like, all caps, hurry up, it's an emergence. So if I sounded a little flustered, um, that was uh, that was because I was afraid Caleb was, was going to soil himself. <laughs> it was close. I'm not going to lie, guys. They've had a kid. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I had a kindergarten teacher. I kid you not. I had a kindergarten. My kindergarten teacher was one of those where we go to the restroom as a group. And then if you have to go again, I'm not going to let you go because you should have gone when we had. But like I had to go a lot more than a lot of other kids. And I'm like, you can tell me not to go to the bathroom, but I want to pee on the mat at nap time and you're going to look stupid. So, you oh. know, and, you know, yeah. I consistently peed on the mat because she wouldn't let me go to the restroom another time. So. Me Drinker says, I think Dave should wear the same type of headphones as Johnny Majors did back in the day. People may wonder why I have a cable and why I have these over-the-ear headphones. I'm I'm an audiophile, man. I've got to have good analog quality. It's my only knock on seeing Metallic is they're all digital now. So, uh, yeah, I, I can tell the difference. I'm one of those guys. Uh, but I responded to uh, Caleb had to go uh, boom, boom, to uh, did people tell Jimi Hendrix to hurry up? I mean, I was I was getting things done. I was riffing right there, Caleb. And you're like, I gotta go to the restroom. I mean, <laughs> I was getting ready I'm to sorry. I, I didn't mean to cut you off. It was so bad, Dave. I really I had to getting, pee. I was like Jimi Hendrix getting ready to break into fire. That's my favorite Jimi Hendrix song. What's your favorite Jimi Hendrix song? Not much of a Hendrix listener, sorry. Holy um, Hannah. Oh my gosh. All right. So let me let me ask you this. Um, do you think this is racist? <laughs> so that's an interesting way to start out a segment. As I've already got a great topic for our final. No, I think of the toss point. You remember the toss point oh segment? Is it racist? Eh, it's a little racist. <laughs> yeah, dude, I love Tosh point oh. Um, so he's coming to uh, Tennessee, I think, before long. I wouldn't mind seeing him. Um, and uh, nice, nah, pretty good stuff. All right, so. Uh, Gerard Mayo in hot water for saying he does see color. Okay, let's go ahead and pull that up now because I want to discuss it and I want to see if this offends you because it didn't offend me and people. Jimmy Hobbs wrote a great story on Gerard Mayo that you've got to check out. He talked to John Chavis. He talked to Kevin Simon. Really, really good stuff. So uh, please check that out. We love Jimmy Hobbs. He is fantastic. Um but these comments brought to you by Rick Terry Jewelry Design. They want to be your jeweler. Look for affordable game day jewelry. How about the Fire Opals? A Tennessee tradition. RickTerryJewelry.com. RickTerryJewelry.com. All right. Let's pull it up and let's play the so, comment. And is let me this context. <laughs> let me say the context before I do this. This is because it's not what's not played right before. Right before Robert Kraft was asked about hiring the first black coach in Patriots history. And Robert Kraft said, I don't see color. This was Gerard Mayo's response. And you guys tell me if it was problematic or not. Because I, I have, I think Dave and I agree. And we both have pretty strong thoughts on it. So here's what Gerard, Lord, Mayo, Gerard Mayo hasn't aged. What's <laughs> happening there? That's the same dude I covered. By the way, it is really hard for me to fathom that I covered for his entire career, including his uh, recruitment that he is now the head coach of the Patriots. I actually thought Jim Bob Cooter would be the first guy that I covered that would be a head coach in, in the NFL. So what did Mayo have to say? So after Robert Kraft said he doesn't see color, here's what Mayo said. I do see color because I believe if you don't see color, you can't see racism. 
and whatever whatever happens black white disabled person i've always even someone with disabilities i always uh you know for the most part people are like you know don't you know when they're young they they kind of make the spot hot younger people know what that means but what i would say is like no i want you to be able to go up to those people and really understand those people so it goes back to whatever it is black white yellow it really doesn't matter but it does matter so we can try to fix a problem that we all know we have okay first of all it's completely unfair just because he's african-american that he has to be asked about these major social issues he's a football coach okay second of all i really liked his answer because you know i have several black friends uh that I've, I've covered through sports and they've remained friends for years, Ron Slay, Fred Wider, a, a couple of them. And through getting to know them, I do realize that it's important to see color and realize there's struggle there for minorities that I don't face because I'm the guy who gets all the advantages, right? I'm, I'm middle-aged white guy. That's the guy who gets advantages in our country. So I do try to see color to some extent and empathize with that and what and the struggles that minorities may go through. But I, I would never see color in terms of, I need to give this guy a shot because he's a minority or I don't want to give him a shot because I don't like minorities, obviously. I mean, you know that about me, Caleb. So I, th that's where I stand. I think the decision needs to be based a hiring decision off who the best candidate is. And I think Gerard Mayo got put in a really tough, unfair spot. Yeah. And again, it's people are assuming that Gerard Mayo, by saying I see color, he's saying he's racist. That's not what it means to say I see color. What it means to say I see color is I recognize that this person is a different race, but I'm not going to treat them differently just because of that. Dave and I were talking yesterday outside of the Iowa running back in the Citrus Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> You can pretty much tell if someone's white or black or Asian or their race. Typically, there are some exceptions. It does you no good to pretend you don't see that. Okay, because one, we've all, first of all, we've all been to comedy shows where people make race jokes. And if you enjoy those, I do. I enjoy Chris Rock. I'm sure you enjoy Chris Rock. I enjoy Dave Chappelle. I'm sure you enjoy Dave Chappelle. They're making race jokes. If you don't see color, you wouldn't understand those race jokes. But they're funny because they're making them. So you understand you, the, the point of this is not to make decisions based on race or anything like that. The point Gerard Mayo is saying is that you should still see it so you can understand where people are coming from, but that does not mean you make any decision based on it. That, you would think Dave, with the way Twitter went at Gerard Mayo, what, you would think he said he's joining the nation of Islam and is not going to let any white players on the new England Patriots next year. <laughs> you would think that's <laughs> what. <laughs> <laughs> you would think that's what he said if, uh, if you saw the way people came for him. Yeah, I know. I was, I just thought it was bizarre that, um, I, I don't know. To me, you, you would recognize that you don't treat anybody different, but don't you recognize what they're going through? I mean, I would also hope that on the flip side, that uh, minorities would look at a guy who, who gets a job, um, and, and say, in most cases, he didn't jump to the front of the line because he was white. I would like that to be the situation in our country. But if they say that, if, and that's the way minorities feel, 
then I'm going to respect and empathize that because I haven't been a minority for 49 years. I don't really know. There's no way to know, Caleb, which is what makes it so difficult. And I thought that that was what Gerard Mayo was pointing out. And I respected it. I thought it was a great answer. I think he's one of probably the top five smartest guys that I've ever covered. He was kind of quiet. I really never got to know him at Tennessee. But I thought that was a, a fantastic answer. Yeah, and... I think that, look, it, it, you've covered Tennessee in certain moments, and I've covered it. There were moments, unfortunately, in Tennessee's past where it was hard not to see it. It was hard not to see it when Derek Dooley got the job at Tennessee. I have to be honest. It was hard not to see it when Derek Dooley got hired over Kevin Sumlin or Kippy Brown, who were both eminently more qualified than Derek Dooley to take that job. Were they not in 2010? Yes. And- I will I will tell you then that, pardon me, um, I think Derek Dooley looking the part which is middle-aged white guy. I think Derek Dooley looking the part helped him. I do too. There and he's an African-American with the same record um, at Law Tech. I don't think he's Tennessee's head coach. Not a chance in hell he gets that job at that point. And by the way, I say this to someone who doesn't think Kevin Sumlin is that great of a coach now. Because I've, I think the – well, I don't want to say he was a bad coach. I think the offense has passed Kevin Sumlin by. I think Kevin Sumlin is a guy who had a great ahead-of-the-curve offense, and he didn't adapt. And so that's why he got fired at AM. But in that moment in 2010, there's no question that Kevin Sumlin was more qualified for that job than Derek Dooley in 2010. And that I say that as someone who rooted for Derek Dooley. You guys on the message board know this. I'm friendlier to Derek Dooley than Davis <laughs> by a long shot. I'm friendlier to Derek Dooley than most Tennessee fans are, quite honestly, on that. But I Derek do- Dooley didn't like Dave Hooker very much. yeah uh um uh yeah that's true that i I, i've heard those stories and and i see a point and and, a lot of people want to bring up one of the things that helped Derek dooley what and this is where it was hard to not see it what's one thing that helped Derek dooley dave he was the son of an sec legend of a legendary sec coach right yes that helped that helped well guess what the sec didn't even hire black coaches until the 1990s so what black candidate was going to have the chance to be the son of an sec legendary coach at that point so this is where i say this is where it gets tricky to no you should like again gerard mayo shouldn't have been you're right he shouldn't have had to be asked about being the first black coach of the patriots history that's not why he was hired he's been known as bill belichick's mouthpiece basically since he joined the pats in 2008 that's why he was hired. I do think Robert Kraft didn't think about anything but Gerard Mayo's bill is just a new young Bill Belichick. Um, so that's I pretty think, high standard to hold him to. Right. I, I agree. That's a that is a pretty high standard. Um, so I think that. I don't think what Gerard and uh, yeah, we, uh, Dave nor I are going to try to make anything about Gerard Mayo being the first black coach in Patriots history. This is a defense of Gerard Mayo for saying what he said. He didn't say anything. Nothing he said makes him racist, guys, at all. And by the way, I I will say this too. I think the NFL is still partly racist. I mean, I I think there are too few uh, African-American head coaches in the NFL. Um, And I think it's because the guys that make decisions a lot of times are 70-year-old white dudes. Um, And I think that I, I thought, there was a time where that could change on its own, Caleb, but I don't anymore. I think that has to change with old white dudes dying off. I <laughs> That sounds morbid, but I'm being straight up and honest with you. Because my generation and the generation below me 
I don't want to say they don't see see race. I mean, you see it, but it doesn't affect your decision making process for the most part. You're seeing lower and lower. My like my kids don't even understand racism. They think it's the most bizarre thing in the world. And I think you're going to see that more and more. But I don't think those 70 year old white dudes that made billions and whatever individual job they got. I don't think that they're going to suddenly flip and say, oh, I'm going to be proactive and who needs the Rooney rule? I'm just going to hire African-American coaches because I think it's the right thing to do. That's not going to happen. I think, and I want to give credit to, I, I want to give credit to the NFL. I actually think they are making an active effort. I, I It's hard for me to see, save for the NFL because I've seen some of the hires that are made and things like that. I think they are making an effort. I think there's so much pressure in the NFL where I see it more. I do see it more with major college football programs because Dave, what did we talk about yesterday? College football coaches are hired based on who the boosters can go golfing with. That that's that's who that's that's how coaches are hired in college football. And let's be honest, Derek Dooley is a guy that Jimmy Haslam saw he could could be a golf buddy. Uh, yep, yeah, I think that's part of it. I think that um, I don't think that there are. I think there are situations where there's not a conscientious decision made. Hey, I'm going to hire white dude over black dude because. Um, I'm racist. I don't think that happens. I just think in the NFL, there's kind of a subconscious thought of he looks like a head coach. I've said before, <clears throat> I don't care if you're black, white, uh, Denzel Washington or Brad Pitt, never hire the good looking coach. Never hire the good looking coach. When the good looking coach stands up there at the podium, your team, your program, you better say, ah, bleep. Because the good-looking coach that wins the press conference is always the one who stinks out loud. Like Cliff Kingsbury? Uh, like Cliff Kingsbury, like Lane Kiffin. He wasn't ready for the job. Now, he'd do okay now. Don't get me wrong. But he kind of won the He's less good-looking con- now. <laughs> he's aged. I mean, the he's ugly, not that attractive. The uglier, now. the better. That Woody okay. wouldn't offer. He was one hell of an ugly coach. <laughs> I'm loving this. I'm loving this. The I don't. I think Kurt, I, thought, I. You know, I always thought Spurrier looked pretty good as a coach. You know, had the had the dark hair. Spurrier was a good looking coach, and he was good hired. looking man. I'm not saying that it's the absolute rule. <laughs> I'm just saying that I believe that it is a a factor. Beware, Guys, Dave hired me because I'm hot. I hope y'all know that. Oh, and somebody questioned my diversity. We've got two women writers, and I believe Jacob Warren is African American. So there, take that. And I'm hot, so, you know. <laughs> so, so that means you're the one I shouldn't have hired. You don't. <laughs> you're, no, you're decent looking. That's why you got the job. If you were too hot good guy looking, privilege. <laughs> yeah, if you were like Brad Pitt, I'd be afraid of you. Hey, can I share something real quick? Um, a lady said that I kind of look like Brad Pitt lately. Do you believe that? Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, did you see that? Anybody see that? Uh... <laughs> Not okay, really. someone brings up a point though. Butch yeah, Jones looked horrible. I'm gonna pull and my shirt up to you, my abs. How about that? Like Fight Club. Oh my gosh! No. Hey, Butch Jones looked horrible. He was hired, but he chose to look horrible because he was too stupid to know how to get a right a good haircut. But yeah, like download the Great Clips app. Um, Smoky Mountain Red says Dave is ginger like me. We are minority. We're about to be done with. I heard in 40 years that there won't be any more redheaded because it's a recessive gene. There won't be any more redheads born. Like in 40 years, there's, I'm serious. I'm, it's a recessive gene. I mean, I there, there is my 
uh, dad has dark black hair. My mom has brown hair. I mean, it cropped up and they said I look like a punk rocker when I was born because my hair was pink because it was thin. And um, yeah, so it's a recessive gene. Us redheads are, are going out. Uh, tell me about Texas. Uh, Texas is now an SEC school and their coach, uh, basketball coach, had a real problem with the horns down thing. Um, your your thoughts on horns down, and then we're going to get into a <clears throat> we're going to get into a conversation on our five favorite minutes that was brought up on our message board. We do that each and every day because we appreciate you. Want to talk about what you want to talk about? Somebody said something earlier. I've already jotted down. That is awesome. Who will have the bigger impact on Josh Heupel's legacy, Willie Martinez or Rodney Garner? That's a pretty good one, guys. I'm stealing that one from you. We're doing that. First, tell me about Texas. And Texas, uh, a Texas basketball coach is all upset that they did the horns down. Texas is not ready for the SEC, guys. They are not ready for the SEC. They have, as you, I'm just going to say, um, so to tell the story, yes, UCF beat Texas at Texas 77 to 71. The players for UCF, they went to the crowd and started doing this, you know, like horns down. Yes. And... Rodney Terry, the Texas coach, started yelling at the players for UCF in the postgame handshake and then called it classless in the press conference and said that they were classless. Now, Johnny Dawkins, the coach of UCF, came out and said that we don't want to be this way, yada, yada, yada. Um, this is pathetic. Can I say it's pathetic, Dave? It, first of all, it's always pathetic to lecture another team's players on how they behave after they beat you. There is nothing more pathetic than a coach who does that quite honestly, Butch Jones did it to Eric Stryker and it is lame and sad, but this is apparently a long going thing where Texas takes real issue with people doing the horns down. And I have a theory. Texas has, they were the, they were the bullies of the Southwest conference, right? Wasn't the Southwest conference just Texas. And then anybody Texas wanted in there, but they made the yes. rules. Yeah, well, and then I mean, the they big had 12 their own network, which was incredibly stupid. Yeah. And then the big 12 was Texas and anybody they wanted in there. They're used to demanding things from their peers, and they are honestly, they're not prepared for what's going to be in the SEC, where they're just another fish in a large pond. And I, if they, they, they know they can bully the Big Twelve, so they've always complained about the horns down. Now that it's out there that they don't like it, can you imagine when they come to Tennessee, Dave, and what Tennessee fans are going to do to them? Yeah, me, me drinker just hurt my feelings. He said, your hair looks blonde. It's red. Am I colorblind? No, it's it's got white coming in. So that's why it looks blondish, um, which hurts my feelings. You would still call me a redhead, wouldn't you, Caleb? Yeah, you're a redheaded. Okay. You're a redheaded. <laughs> Thank you. It looks pretty, looks pretty blonde to some people. I'm getting that more and more, just like the Brad Pitt thing. Um, he, I'm curious, who calls the shots now? in the sec if there's one football coach who calls the shots we all know it was nick saban right if he called the commissioner things tended to happen right um and i think some things quietly that we never knew about but i don't see kirby smart yet ready for that role so who's the coach that calls the sec commissioner and says this thing needs to change because what you said about texas is all right but they're going to have some leverage that other schools won't because of their territory. So in five years, who's the guy who calls the shots? I think Kirby Smart would be the odds-on favorite. But if not, and start, Steve Sarkeesian has success there, and it looks like he's going to, 
I could see him being one of the guys who controls the narrative in the SEC. Could you not? Talking five Sarkeesian? years, five years from now. I, I, you know, no, because I don't think Sarkeesian's going to win enough. So I don't think there's going to be like this with Nick Saban. And you brought it up because I didn't believe anybody really called the shots. I don't think Nick Saban had the commissioner's ear. I think Nick Saban had the ear of other coaches in the SEC who wanted to make sure they had that line of communication open in case they got fired and needed a job. And I think, yeah, both, but that's a great point. Yes. I don't think you think Steve Sarkeesian is, you think these coaches are going to be like, I need that Steve Sarkeesian rehab center. So when I get fired, I, I need to be in his good graces. Nobody's going to say that about Steve Sarkeesian at all. Not to mention, oh, come, come on. He had a little bit of a problem there, Caleb. That's, that's kind of yeah. harsh. It, I, but it's true. It's like the Steve. Yeah, I shouldn't say. You're right. I shouldn't say the rehab center. That that was insane. I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Showed up to a special teams meeting. I didn't think about that. On a oh my god. Game hammered. Um, but other than that, that was very but, sensitive. By the way, Saban was still Saban was still limited more than Texas has been in the Big Twelve. Saban could not bully the SEC out of everything. Saban could like Texas literally basically required that fans respect them when they go on the road to play other teams with this. Could you imagine another Saban couldn't pull that off? Okay. And that's, that's where I'm saying Texas has what we're seeing with Texas is how much they've bullied their rivals for decades and decades on end. And they, and I don't think they can get, they can't do that in the sec. There's too many other powerful teams. And I don't think it has any school come close to Texas. Notre Dame maybe bullied their rivals, but they were always independent. So I think Texas is in for a rude awakening with the horns down thing and what they did the other night. Put it this way. You've seen how players, teams, when they beat Florida, do the Gator chomp, right? Yes. Have you ever heard Florida complain about it? How, what do you think would happen if Florida complained about uh, other teams doing the Gator chomp? Great point. Everybody no would do it. No other coach, even goofballs like Ron Zook, who um, is barely smart enough to use a fax machine. If you get that reference, you're old. Um, oh, I know. But e even, even those coaches didn't say, don't gator chomp against us. Colton says, good thing Caleb is attractive or Dave would fire him over that comment. Well, I mean, maybe there's a way you guys can connect. Colton and Caleb. <laughs> <laughs> over which comment? Over which comment? <laughs> By the way, by the way, Texas would never mess with me. I'll mess with Texas. Okay. Yeah, Texas. I'm not scared of you. I'm not scared of you all in the SEC. I will go to SEC media days next year or this year in Dallas uh, after I just gave birth to a newborn. And I'm supposed to not my, not me giving birth after my, after my wife just gave birth to a newborn, me needing to set an example. And I'm ready for you guys. Y'all aren't ready for the SEC. I don't think they're ready. I think they're in for a rude rude awakening dave and i think they're gonna cry and whine with how sec fans treat them because they for the record what they did yesterday horns down is going to be at every game now isn't it in the sec um kelly i i would i mean i would use it i mean i'm if i'm a fan um you do whatever you can i still love the stories about fred white when he said that and this is before the internet when he would call around and find out uh, opposing players, girlfriends' names and moms' names, and yeah, you know, says I'm coming for Pam. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm taking Lindsay out tonight uh, after I get done whipping your butt on this football field. Probably said some other coarse language. 
than that. Um, yeah, we it. I agree. Sorry, what were you gonna say? Yeah, well that that's 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 it. But no, it it it's it, it it's a big it's a big deal because it 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 really exposes Texas because the closest I can remember, I will say this: a lot of SEC teams complained about the cowbells at Mississippi State, didn't they, for a long time? And... Yes, and, 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 but they were outlawed, and I was actually at at a Tennessee game the the year they made such a big deal about it. The rest of the SEC, and they were just dinging like there was no tomorrow. Nothing changed. Oh yeah, you're right. It really didn't. Um, oh, I, I got a good one. Here's a good one where someone was used to be getting their way. Lou Holtz um, actually asked for a crowd noise penalty at Neyland Stadium in 2001. He felt there should be a penalty for the crowds being too loud. At okay, I don't Stadium. remember that. I was at that game, but I don't remember that. They they tracked the decibel level. Yeah, he basically said we shouldn't. We shouldn't. He he basically said we should be allowed to call plays without the crowd noise. So it, the play clock shouldn't start for us until um, the crowd dies down, so we can actually hear our play calls. And now I will say this: Philip Fulmer, who interviewed uh, fairly recently for a Celebrate '98 series that you can uh, check out on YouTube. Did say that he was told he wasn't sure that for the '98 Florida game they had some sort of jet engines outside of the stadium or something to make the stadium louder. So maybe Holtz was onto something with artificial crowd noise. You don't want to use artificial crowd noise. You can do it outside the stadium. Who says you can't do whatever you want outside the stadium? As if the police don't have a noise ordinance, whatever. I mean, there's no rules on that. What's the SEC going to do? The SEC towns knock. Is the SEC going to require the city of Knoxville to pass a noise ordinance outside of Neyland Stadium? So again, Lou Holtz did that. And I'm going to tell you why Lou Holtz did that. Lou Holtz came from Notre Dame. What school was used to bullying and getting their way all the time? Notre Dame, right? And I mean, this is... This is the school that Miami was considered uncouth for running the score up on them when they used to do it all the time. Okay, fair enough. Uh, our five favorite <clears throat> minutes, a topic that you brought up, so we want to get your thoughts. I want to reset, by the way, today's tough question. Um, former ball Gerald Mincy had his feelings hurt for transferring. Is it okay to rip players in NIL area? It's about three to one, 76% said, yep, use getting paid. 24% said, nope, still kids. Uh, I would go with the latter. Caleb is all for ripping kids, finding their home addresses and attacking them personally. That's where he stands. It's a surprising stance for Caleb by me, but that's just kind of where he is. So our five favorite minutes, a topic brought up by you in the message board is uh, this, who will have the bigger impact on Josh Heupel's legacy? Rodney Garner in a positive way or Willie Martinez in a negative way. Hmm. Caleb. It's easily Rodney Garner in a positive way. It's easily Rodney Garner in a positive way. Tim Banks is still there to coach the defensive backs. If Willie Martinez isn't working out, it's Rodney Garner in a positive way. And yeah, no, it, this is so easy for me. I'm going to say Willie Martinez because I think he's got upside. Um, yeah, I think that he can be a great recruiter for, for Tennessee. And I think that, yes, he has Banks' help. Um, but the, the other side is this. If it's not Martinez, um, from a positive perspective, it could be the type of coach that 
undermines any success that Heupel might have at Tennessee. You may remember a guy named Larry Slade, and I'm not trying to rip old coaches, but Deion Grant went to the NFL a year early because of Larry Slade being the head coach. I know that Jabari Greer, the defensive backs coach, defensive backs coach, excuse me. Yes. Uh, I remember Jabari Greer went to the Buffalo Bills and they said, listen, it's going to take you a year. You're going to have to basically sit on the bench and relearn all the technique that you learned in college. So you're not going to play for a year. And in the NFL, that's a big deal. There's not red shirt years. You only have a certain number of players on the roster, 52, right? And right. so 53, 53. So, um, if, if we're talking about Willie Martinez having a big impact on Josh Heupel's success or lack thereof at Tennessee, we're probably talking about a negative impact, aren't we? Okay, but let us let me flip it. How much more of a negative impact is it if Rodney Garner is not on the defensive line? I mean, that's a – I think so Rodney Garner – If Alabama hired him away. Yeah, I think Rodney Garner saved Josh Heupel his first year at Tennessee. Quite honestly, Rodney Garner found I found enough players. Well, Jeremy Pruitt found players. Rodney Garner developed them to be good enough. But Rodney Garner, I look Willie Martinez. I can't say because it's not all negative with Willie Martinez. Martinez is a decent recruiter and kept Tennessee serviceable. And remember this: he turned Alante Taylor into a second round draft pick his first year at Tennessee. Willie Martinez did, and you and I so, would agree. And and Colton says. Uh, but what if the secondary is what keeps Hypel from winning a natty? You need a complete team as much as possible. I think you and I would agree that they could upgrade at that coaching position, right? Yeah, but that's not going to come down to the secondary uh, coaching. That's going to come down to the talent they can get because they're not an attractive place for elite cornerbacks and, and safeties. That's why I talked about in the Tennessee visits earlier. You have to get serviceable cornerbacks. Dave, would a five-star cornerback ever want to play at Tennessee thinking about the NFL? If you had an elite defensive backs coach. No, it doesn't matter. The way the offense, the way the team is designed, you're going to give up lots of yards no matter what. And that's all people are going to see. And so I think it's very hard. I think you can become an NFL draft pick still. Alante Taylor did. But you're never, as long as Josh Heupel's at Tennessee, you're never going to beat Georgia for, for defensive backs ever. As long as Kirby Smart's at Georgia. Tennessee's never going to win those battles. That's just not one they're going to win. I'm going to disagree. I think there's some, you know, I talked to Fred White about this coincidentally, <clears throat> and I think there are some guys that think they would have more opportunities. I, I think the majority, you're right, 75, 80% are going to say, I don't want to play 80 snaps in a game. But I think there are going to be 25% that are going to say, that gives me more opportunities for more interceptions, gives me more play. I'm down with that. Um, Travis brought up a great point. Uh, people don't watch Martinez recruit. We watch DBs get burned, though. So the visual is pretty bad. The perception is pretty bad at times with Tennessee's defensive backs. But Martinez, and, and listen, I covered recruiting for a long time. I'm going to tell you this. When, when you see, <clears throat> I think it's uh, uh, 247 Sports that does like the lead recruiter, okay, they should just take that out. That's stupid. Because are you telling me Willie Martinez doesn't give somebody a phone number of an assistant coach at a high school and they don't all help each other out? It is totally a team effort. The, when Who was the goofball that um, Needlemeyer or whatever his name was that got Niedermeyer, recruited? Brian Niedermeyer. Yes, Brian Niedermeyer, which is yeah. the same name of the uh, goofball in Animal House, for the record. Um, he 
he got recruiter of the year. Well, I mean, as it turns out, he was just the guy talking to the media the most, so he got the most credit for the recruits they brought in. Now, where is he? I mean, no, you're he, well, he's not. I think he's got a show calls. I don't think he's yeah, a coach that's exactly right. Um, because of those McDonald's cash bags, man. Um, no, they were look, Chick-fil-A. They were Chick-fil-A. Oh, Chick-fil-A. That's right. Look, um, by the way, if you guys want to talk about race baiting, that was the worst when Jeremy Pruitt was like, no, I did this because of social justice. <laughs> Still the greatest, most pathetic thing I've ever heard somebody claim. Um, but look, I get y'all's point, but I, the perception of a cornerback, if you play at Tennessee, because you play so many snaps, you're going to get burned more than you usually are. So you know what you're going to look like to the NFL, Dave, you're going to, and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to hurt you to your soul when I say this. NFL scouts are going to see Tennessee cornerbacks, even if they get a lot of interceptions, like Trayvon Diggs, who is in, who has no, who is not marketable at all anymore. Because everybody realized that for every interception he gets, he gets burned three other times. I would, okay, I would, he's a Cowboys cornerback for those that don't know. I would still take him, though. And I think the Cowboys defense was much better when they had him. I would take not him. I like, like, I think he's a net negative. I think I'd rather play with 10 guys. Okay, I, I completely disagree, but uh, I think he is too gambly, and I'll give you that. Um, but no, I would take him over almost any other cornerback in the league. He suffered an ACL injury this year. You are what? What over what? any other cornerback in the league? You are insane. If I had him for his whole career and I could coach that gambling stuff out of him to some extent, I don't mind that a little bit. Uh, but anyway, we don't want to talk about Guys, that. Dave's on crack. Dave is on crack. Yes, yes. Went 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 straight from uh, my energy drink, which I had this morning, to crack. That's what you I did. did. It's just straight to crack. Not even the pure white stuff. Just How, straight to the crack. I mean, what Trayvon digs over any cornerback in the league when healthy. And you're saying if I could just coach him and coach him up. He played under Nick Saban, and he still didn't learn how to not gamble like an idiot on plays all the time. Uh, I like him. Sorry, I like him. Who is the Cowboys' next ke- head coach? They're going to stay with Mike McCarthy. But I'd give anything if they hired Bill Belichick. He's Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker. This has been a presentation of Off the Hook Sports. Have a fantastic day, morning, evening, night, whenever you're watching, everyone. We certainly appreciate it. Hit that uh, like and subscribe button. Please turn the notifications on before you get out of here. I'd greatly appreciate that. I'll leave you with this. Ted Topper says, cocaine's a hell of a drug. I guess <laughs> he's Caleb. I'm Dave off those sports.